0: when it comes to calculating your r&d tax credit method selection is paramount to determining the outcome of your credit on this episode of fiona's r&d tax credit podcast we're examining the two standard methods the alternative simplified credit and the regular research credit Today's guest is Raheem Walji, Director of R&D Tax Incentives at Cross-Border Solutions. Great to see you, or should I say hear you, Raheem?
1: Absolutely. Great to be here.
0: So let's just fire away. The R&D tax credit has two standard methods of calculation. We've got the regular research credit, RRC, and the alternative simplified credit, ASC. Can you tell us a little bit about these methods and the major differences between them?
1: Absolutely. So The regular research credit is, so first off, both are incremental credits, right? They're not volume-based credits, and I'll explain what that means here. So the regular research credit is an incremental credit that's designed to encourage an increase in investment from a fixed period in time. So you get 20% of the increase Of the current year's qualified research expenses over a base amount, which is calculated using some historical data. And so what that regular research credit does is it essentially takes your current R&D spend and compares it to a fixed period in time. However, the alternative simplified credit is a little bit different. It's more of a rolling base period. And what I mean by that is Instead of looking at this fixed period in time, whether it be the 1980s or the mid to late 90s, whenever your company started doing R&D, you think about Silicon Valley, right? Those types of things. You actually look at just the prior three years. This actually was not always available. The R&D credit itself has been around since the 80s. But this alternative simplified credit methodology actually didn't come on the scene, if you will, until 2007. And in 2007, it came in at about 12%. But in 2009, they quickly increased it to 14%. So similar to how the regular credit is 20% of the current year expenses over that fixed base period, the ASC is 14% of the qualified expenses for your current year over the average of the prior three years. And so you can see that this new benefit, uh, this new way of calculating was really helpful for businesses. and, And I can talk more about that later.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the great part about this is that a company can choose which calculation method they want to use for their R&D tax credit. What circumstances would motivate them to pick one method over another?
1: There are a number of reasons why a company may want to to choose to do things a certain way. So their circumstances, their fact pattern, it, it may impact how this calculation performs. So let me give you an example. If you have a company that maybe very early on started doing a lot of research, then perhaps the regular credit isn't the best way to go because maybe they never got back to those levels of research. And so the credit that they would generate might be a lot smaller. Whereas the alternative simplified, it's comparing more apples to apples, and you could actually just look at those prior three years. On the flip side, think about the downturn you know, that happened in around 2008. Some of these companies really had had much less spending on on R&D, right? So if you think those companies may have challenges with that ASC credit because that year was much lower than the prior three years. And so you can see how that might be a challenge to get a a significant credit there. But if their original years of R&D were minimal, now you can go back to that regular credit and you have a much better comparison, if you will, of what the R&D was at the beginning versus what the R&D was in 2008. And again, I'm just using that example of, of that big downturn, right, that happened. So you can see how these different circumstances might require or provide an opportunity to leverage a different method in order to capture more of a credit that would be in that year than you would with a different methodology.
2: Hi, I'm Matthew DeMello, and you may know me as the host of the Fiona Show Cross Border Solutions weekly transfer pricing podcast. And while I love to discuss transfer pricing, this podcast isn't the only place you can hear me doing it
0: When I first started doing my research on this, I was like, oh, the regular credit versus the alternative simplified credit. And it just sounds so much more sparkly, I, I would say. It's used a lot by companies, but it- it's not always the most advantageous. Why is this? And what are some common missteps when selecting the ASC method?
1: Sure. So I think you're, you're right, right? I think there are times when it's not necessarily advantageous for companies to do so. But I think, number one, you lose 6%, right? So it's 14% versus 20%. So you're, you're automatically sort of starting at a lower tier, if you will. But you're sacrificing that 6% ultimately for inefficiency, right? No longer having to go back to when your company first started doing R&D and figure out those costs. You can look at it with more recent years. But that, that being said, the common missteps that you see are companies who just simply use... The same percentage every year, right? I have an engineer doing software development in 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, right? I have to look at all four of those years together. This engineer is at 50% the whole time. or applying the same standards across those years, not understanding that the walls might have changed or things like that. So I think people misunderstand that the calculation itself does have a lot of moving parts to it. It's not just that simple formula. Right. But another thing that, that I think companies don't understand is when it comes to acquisitions and mergers, right? The ASC method might be a better approach than companies that may have had the regular credit approach, right? So there's a lot of different variables, but I think the missteps in terms of what's there is they sometimes want to say, I'm going to do the ASC credit because I only have to look at the last three years. It's easier. I don't want to work. And so the misstep is, I think, not evaluating both methods on the front end yeah. and then applying the same threshold of activities each year in and out without really taking a deeper dive at it because that's where you can really maximize your ASC calculation.
0: Out of this like should I do what's right or should I do what's convenient and we all know the answer to that one. What are some strategies for selecting the best method?
1: Sure I think one of the first strategies is being open to to Reevaluating, right, your position and not just saying we're going to stick with this and roll forward and it is what it is from here on out. I think having that open mind to say, okay, you know, let's explore both of these on the front end and see what the opportunity is. Yes, you know, this may have been ten years ago, but how can we create this base period, you know, with the with the regular credit? How can we do this the right way? Because to, to the conversation we've been having, right, there are times when it may be more beneficial than just looking at the prior three years. So I think having that open. Mindset and that flexibility is, is another thing, right? And then in terms of strategies, I think even, even beyond just being open, do the math if that's really where the issue is, right? Assume expenses are the same, go through a high-level estimate, nobody better than some of the senior members in a company who have been there, you know, who have the tenure, who have seen the growth, to come in and just say, okay, let's say we were for every you know, $100 that, that we brought in in revenue, $5 went out as R&D expenses, right? Let's let's put some math to it and run some calculation estimates, to see which one provides the best benefit. And then I think sometimes companies will say, Oh, I can get an extra $100,000. Okay. This may be worth, you know, an extra 20, 30 hours to, to make sure I'm getting the right documents and I'm getting the right information. You know, I think, I think people sometimes the numbers can really be persuasive.
2: Wait, wait, who am I kidding? Sign up for a free demo of cross-border solutions, transfer pricing technology today at xbs.ai slash tp. That's xbs.ai slash tp.
0: Now, let's get into the realm of technology. How can technology help with the method selection process?
1: Technology plays a big role in so many different areas, right? With respect to tax and with respect to, to customers who are looking to take advantage of the R&D tax credit itself, the documentation that you need can be stored in the software, right? You can Or you can tag it in the software and make sure you keep track of everything and where it is so it's accessible to be evaluated for different types of, of calculation methods. The technology itself makes it easier to run some of those calculations we were talking about and those estimates that we were talking about so that companies can see side-by-side comparisons and determine which is the best method for me and not just based on a perception of what might be easier or what might not be available, right? There, there. As we we've talked about in, in a number of conversations, and I and I try to stress this with with the customers is there's no specific documentation that you need. So you can look at many different tools to help you fill in the gaps for documentation that may not be available anymore. And then it also technology nowadays is, is so advanced that you can start projecting into the future. What the right methodology might be, right? If my costs go up, what's the best methodology? If my costs go down next year, what's the best methodology? And start planning for those types of things. Again, you know, the, the technology just makes it so much easier and efficient to do it and points out so many great opportunities that really then help companies make the best decision for their situation.
0: What message does the option of the alternative simplified credit send to taxpayers? Is it like, hey, we're, we're, we're on your side here. We want to help you make the best decision for your company.
1: It's that and more, right? The fact that, you know, granted the r and tax credit was around for a while and, and the ASC didn't come around until 2007, but at the end of the day, what it the reason they created this method is because they understand that certain businesses could not take advantage of the original structure of the R&D credit. And so what they're saying is, hey, taxpayer, we want you to take advantage of this benefit. Here's an alternative way to calculate if you're in a different position and you're not able to do it. Here's what you can do and how you can claim this credit in your facts and circumstances. And I think it shows that The R&D tax credit is an important part of government's investment in small businesses and and mid-sized businesses and large businesses to really push for innovation and to grow in in so many different ways because the data shows that the more investment in R&D a government puts in, the more economic output there is. And so I think that's the message that it really sends is, here's another way, please take advantage of this, please use this money to keep growing your business because that's ultimately what, what we want.
0: Yeah, it's like miracle grow for your business,
2: essentially. A global pandemic, a grim economic forecast, feeling the squeeze, an R&D tax credit can help lower your burn. If you qualify, the IRS and some state governments will give you a tax credit equal to 10% of your company's spend on development activities. You can even take the credit against payroll taxes if you're in the red. All you have to do is claim it
0: Well, thank you so much, Raheem. That was a very informative discussion about the methods for calculating your R&D tax credit. I think a takeaway here is that it's not a one-size-fits-all. Every year, you get the opportunity to make a choice to see which method benefits your company the most with the help of technology. Thanks so much for being here with us today, Raheem. Much appreciated. Happy to be here. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple or Spotify. That's Fiona's R&D Tax Credit Podcast. And we'll be sure to fill you in on the R&D tax credits in every episode. I'm your host, Christy Clevins. This podcast was engineered by Matthew DeMello. Mary Lynn mitchum is our executive producer. For CPE credits, email Show at xbs.ai. That's Show at xbs.ai. Until next week, catch you next time.